everyone. We're here uh, for another episode of uh, the Garner Station podcast, which is a production of the town of Garner. And today we are uh, here at the uh, Garner History Museum at the depot um, on Pearl Street, well, kind of corner of Pearl and, and Maine uh, in, in historic downtown Garner. And I, I'm here with um, Judy Bass and Karen Paget, who are here to talk to us today about the museum and the Garner Area Historical Society and all of their work and all of the work that has gone into um, making this incredible new facility that, that we have here in, in downtown Garner. So, um, welcome. Thank you for having and, us. Um, we're, we're excited. Uh, so let's, uh, you know, let's jump into it. Um, tell us about this beautiful building, um, a little bit about its history, and then um, about the renovation of it. Okay. Well, it's interesting that for years everybody believed that this was constructed in 1902. And Kay Whaley, who is one of our board members and Garner's historian, learned through some research that she had done that it was robbed in 1900. So, you know, now it goes back to we know it was here in 1900. It was originally um, a bright yellow, and that can be seen in a couple of paintings by um, of downtown during the early 1900s from Garner's E.P. Sauls. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he has some beautiful paintings. And um, it was a bright yellow, you know, as I said, in, in the paintings, and that was a prototype at the time for the railroad company. Um, it was in operation until 1967, and that's when the railroad company decided it wasn't necessary to have the depot here anymore, and it was given to the town and moved into storage over on Rand Mill Road by the water tank. And it stayed there for 20 years, and after 20 years, a group called the um, Garner Historic Committee under Harold Garner's watch and um, he led efforts to raise money needed for the renovations as a depot to be used as a museum, reconstructing a section on the back that was um, destroyed by Hurricane Hazel back in 1954. So when the depot was moved here, it was just, well, I guess people can't see, but it was just stopped with this one room. And so they added the um, ticket office and the seating um, back in the 87 renovation. And this dedicated group worked with the town and Southern to have it placed back to its original location on the railroad tracks where many people, you know, passed by it for years. And that was along Garner Road? Along, yeah, yeah on Garner yeah. Road, um, where it was moved from before it came here. We had two of our board members who were on that original committee, and that was Kay Whaley and Cindy Davis, and they're on our board now. So it sat vacant until around 2003, and the town um, received some grant money to go in and do some landscaping, handicap ramps, and parking. But because of its location, a number of different things, it was in a dangerous location, no restrooms. You really couldn't that, make it you, into you a You really museum. couldn't make it into anything. Yeah. And it sat there until 2019 when it was moved to its current location here. So our group approached... Um, it was Kay Whaley, Karen Pageant, and Amy Griggs and I all got together and decided that we just would love to see it placed somewhere where it could be used as a museum. And so we approached the town about this property that was owned by the town. And this site, which really adjoin, which adjoins the Garner Fire Station, 
a lot of people didn't know that. I didn't know that. The concrete building over here was the original fire station. So we had that historic building on this lot. And conveniently, the um, Pearl Street building has restrooms and parking. So that resolved, you know, two of the major issues in trying to get this building occupied. Um, so they agreed, the town agreed to move the museum. And on December 14th, and it was on a very cold, rainy day, um, it took a stroll down, down yeah. Carter Road yeah, I remember and, that. and landed here. <laughs> um, so we have partnered with the town and entered into a contract that the society will fund and operate the museum. And we opened our doors on November 21st of 2021. And so far we have had over 275 visitors from Garner and outside of Garner, you know, since opening. And you've had both, you've had individuals and you've had, you're, you're also open to group tours, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we've reached out to homeschools, public schools, private schools, summer camps, churches, any organization that would want a tour. You know, we're we're open. We'll come back um, more to about to, uh, the museum and the historical society in a bit, but let's talk about uh, kind of Garner, the origins of Garner. So um, this is a, was a rail depot building, and uh, so Garner was originally a rail stop. Is that correct? It's kind of like a which came first, the chicken or the egg situation. Um, the North Carolina Railroad, after um, the authorization of the ash bill in the General Assembly, started buying land for right-of-ways in the 1850s. And we have some old right-of-way maps that show the names of the Garner families that they bought land from. And Interestingly, some of those descendants are still in the area. Bagwells, Duprees, Pools, Broughtons, Johnson. So you can see on the maps all along the right-of-way where they purchased land from farmers in the area. There were frequent wood and water stops along the, along the railroad. When you think about those big steam engines, it took a lot of wood and a lot of water. So we had a wood and water stop here initially. Um, but it wasn't long before those communities grew up. The wooden water stops became the small towns all along the railroad. And the farmers were glad to have transportation to get their crops to market. There was passenger um, service also. So the railroad was definitely the key to the initialization of Garner's growth as a community and as a town. And was there any particular reason why they chose to have a water and wood stop here? It just kind of randomly or every so, every whatever, exactly. increment of miles they had to have exactly. one, Exactly. We were five stopping. miles yeah. from Raleigh. Yeah. So you think about the fact that they probably couldn't go many miles without wood and water. I don't know for sure. But, um, you know, there were frequent stops. Um, there was one out at Auburn, then Clayton and Smithfield and so on. So you see the small towns all down the railroad line. And at first it went to Goldsboro. So from, it started in Charlotte, went through Raleigh and ended in Goldsboro. So, um, you know, a real Southeastern North Carolina route. Garner or the uh, earlier iteration of the town was incorporated. When, when did that occur? The first post office was established in 1878, and Garner was officially incorporated in 1883 as Garner Station. And in 1885, they expanded the town limits. It's interesting, in the first incorporation, 
It was 250 yards in either direction from Bennett's store. So that was the landmark, and the town went 250 yards in either direction. And then in 1885, they expanded it to go 500 yards in either direction from Bennett's store. So Bennett's store was the landmark at that time. Um, and it began to be called Garner at about that time. It wasn't incorporated as Garner, but people referred to it. And there's some post office records that indicate that it was called Garner by 1885. And then for some reason that we don't know it's a real mystery the town lost its charter we don't know whether there was not enough money whether funds weren't paid or whether there weren't enough people to serve there's all kinds of speculation about it but it was reincorporated in 1905 as the town of garner so you know it's been a thriving a thriving community ever since yes um so uh, you know since 1905 i mean the town for a long time was Pretty pretty small agricultural town, rural. Even though we're pretty close to Raleigh, it, it probably felt a lot different. So, what were you know what were some of the the big milestones from I don't know nineteen oh five to more recent times, or you know what were the things that marked some of the changes that that we would see in Garner over that period? Well, I have to say I'm I'm not a planner or terribly knowledgeable you know, in, in that particular area, but it seems that the road system dictated the shifts of growth in Garner. Do you mean 70 coming through specifically? Um, well, there was Holloman's Road, which would be in the vicinity of where Garner Road is now. Um, it came to be called Garner Road, and then North Carolina paved its first state highway called Highway 10, and Highway 10 went east-west direction from, you know, the mountain area to Beaufort, yeah, I think it was. And then um, it later was referred to as Highway 70. So when the new Highway 70, the construction of the new Highway 70 came in, it divided the town. And I think people have heard, you know, over the years about how, how it was divided. And it was caused, caused dead-end roads. Um, the only major um, roads intersected. So you got like New Rand Road and Vandor Springs Road. Outside of that, the other smaller roads were cut off. Um, this is like, for example, Montague Street was split. Uh, you have Montague Street on both sides of 70 and Rand Mill Road, same thing. So the area on the south side where US 70, where Forest Hills is now, that's where the, the growth was. Um, it was developing independently from the downtown area, which was the center of town. So the roads drove some of the development and also kind of the way Garner got divided. Yes. Um, like what kind of impacts did that have? Do you think, uh, you know, kind of dividing the town like that? Um, did, do we know much about that? Um, I will only have to speculate about that. Um, there was a fire at town hall and that caused town hall to leave downtown and go to the 70, the area south where we're talking about the Forest Hills area. Um, there was a cute story that I read in Garner's history book. Um, is that Vic Bell, Victor Bell, it's Vic Bell's father, um, Victor Bell and E.P. Sauls separately spearheaded efforts to develop this area into new centers of um, residential and commercial growth. And what I read in the history book that at a board meeting in 1972, the council was approached by Victor Bell who predicted and showed plans that said Timber and Avisburg would become the center of Garner. And in that book, it said that the council literally laughed at them. 
And <laughs> now you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was a happening. Um, so more recently, I don't know that I can speak much beyond that as to what occurred. You know, you started with the Farce Hills, and then, of course, things start branching out. Um, more recently, the construction of Timber Drive. Um, that began in the early 90s and took about 10 years to complete, <laughs> provided an east-west connector through Garner, making access to Raleigh easier, um, as well as from Garner Center to White Oak development, and generally making it easier access with, within Garner. Um, Garner, before the construction of Timber Drive from 70 to Avisboro, it was almost like you couldn't get there from here. It was it was difficult to get all the way over to the Spring Drive side to the high school and because you didn't have that major thoroughfare and you had to go yeah. through side roads to get there. So of course it opened up a, a lot of development as well. Wow, that's really something to think about now as we, you know, we're growing again and um think you know, the way the way you plan your roads and stuff like that really shapes yeah. the way the community's gonna yeah. look and feel and the way people will get around. So you think now you can get to Raleigh through, you know, go down Hammer, Timber and Hammond, and you're in Raleigh 10, 12 minutes. I guess Garner was an agri kind of more rural agricultural. What were some of the, um, like, what did people do for a living <laughs> besides, uh, you know, maybe be farmers? I mean, there. I guess there's a lot of business in town. There were lots of businesses on Main Street. There was a blacksmith shop, a wagon maker. In the very early days, and there have been numerous dry goods stores and general stores all along Main Street. We do know that probably in the early 1900s, there were a couple of dairy farms in the area. There were poultry farms in the area. Um, one person told us that um, his grandmother took a lot of their uh, vegetables and eggs and so on to Raleigh to the farmer's market, the old city market in downtown Raleigh. So it was agricultural, but there were other businesses. There were several sawmills in the area and numerous cotton gins also, all scattered around this area. So, you know, uh, agriculture-based, but other businesses that supported the agriculture were, were a part of the scene. There was a really cute story in some of the interviews that were done back in the 90s of um, this guy telling about an undertaker that was in downtown, and, and they used to sneak in there and jump on the on the hearse, you know, jump on the spring, the spring, the spring the hearse. Right? Yes, the buggy. Yes, the undertaker had nice wagons and buggies. Oh. <laughs> so tell us about the, um, the historical society. How did that come into existence? And, um, like, what, what are you all focusing on now besides, obviously, acquiring holdings for the museum like what, what are y'all doing our main focus is operation of the museum we scurried to get everything in here um things are ever-changing and we're just trying to you know make it better and as i mentioned earlier we're promoting private tours um public tours homeschool tours um, that include a visit to the Garner Rec Center and the fire department. We have worked with them on just making it just a more interesting tour, you know, for anyone who wants to kind come. Kind of a more comprehensive look of mm -hmm. downtown, what's happening. and Yeah, yeah. and everybody loves fire truck. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And trains. <laughs> 
so we're also promoting one of our features within the museum um, that's part of one of our important features, and that's the genealogy room. And um, we offer services during opening times as well as by appointment. Um, we have a computer that has Ancestry.com, Newspapers.com, and other resources um, on the computer. But we also have what is really interesting is pages of documents that Kay Whaley has researched on Garner families. So I guess maybe 20, 25 books in there of the different families. You can just go in and thumb through and, you know, maybe learn some things in that manner. And do you have to do that by appointment or you can, can you be a walk-in? And yeah, during that. the time the museum is open, you can be a walk-in. Um, if you want to make an appointment, we're also open for that as well. And you don't necessarily have to be from Garner to do that. You can research, research your roots wherever you're from. So we hope to help people do that and have some, have some good resources for folks to use to do that. And we have brick sales, and um, that was a new fundraiser, and it's been a fund, fun fundraiser for us and it gives the op people opportunity to remember or recognize you know loved one family men or um, family member groups businesses um, and it's important that we increase increase our membership by reaching out to a broader audience um, our members are the heart of the organization and providing community support about the museum and, and spreading the word and then it's also a um, financial income as well and the bricks are placed in the walkway out front. They are in, in a walkway out front. Um, there's a flagpole. It's a very pretty area, I think. We call it Heritage Plaza. Heritage Plaza. Lots of folks have chosen to um, honor their ancestors from the area. There's one family who has a brick for every single generation back to the mid-1700s. So that's kind of, you know, interesting. Yeah, it, it really is. Mm -hmm. And then more recent folks who were... Some of the downtown business business owners, their families have chose to chosen to remember them. So, you know, it's been a really nice project. There was one brick that was purchased for an infant, and um, his dad said that he hoped he would be touring the museum one day and walk out there and see his brick. Oh, that was and really that was a sweet. sweet. Story. That was really yeah. a cool story. Yeah. So, in the near future. Um, there's always something to be done here, but in the near future, you know, there are other things we want to do that would, um, you know, affect the town in general um, and Garner area is a local historical marker program. Just an example, we want to recognize the gems like maybe the location of some of the homes in downtown Garner, location of downtown businesses. Um, some of these buildings who are operating now have been other businesses before. We would love to recognize that. Old country stores scattered out through Garner. And um, so we would like to recognize those cotton gins. Karen mentioned the cotton gins. It would be nice to have a map and a marker, you know, to recognize there were five original ones. And don't quote me on this because I'm just doing this off the cuff. Off the cuff. Prior to 1930, I think there were only five down here. Um, down in, in this mm -hmm. particular area. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's mm -hmm. right. I, that, that sounds right. I spoke out without mm -hmm. researching that. Mm -hmm. And so we would love to, you know, recognize some areas in down, and not downtown, in Garner. Mm -hmm. Many people don't even realize that the concrete building next door was the fire station. I think I mentioned that yeah. earlier. We would love to 
you know, have yeah. that marked and, and a little bit of history about it. And we are hoping to work with Parks and Recreation and Cultural Resources to reinstate a walking tour. Um, back in the early 90s, there was a walking tour that was done with the Wake County Hor Historical Society. We would love to see something like that happen, especially now since there's that two-mile loop. Mm -hmm. And I know they had, um, the town had like an art contest. It would be nice if those, mm -hmm. you know, if those paintings were still out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, those cotton mill buildings, are those all gone? Are any of those still existing? Yeah, they're gone. No, they're all, they're all, they're all. There was one that was kind of near where the Hardee's is in Garner over there. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were, you know, they tended to be kind of near the railroad tracks. So there was one that was in that area here. I believe Kay Whaley has the big brass gin whistle from mm -hmm. that. So they blow that whistle, which could be heard for miles away, to let farmers in the area know that the gin was up and running if they wanted to bring their cotton to be ginned. But, you know, they were scattered all around this area. And our area encompasses not just what's Garner, but kind of the greater community because the people who lived out 50 in the Panther Branch area and the people who lived down um, Garner Road in the Auburn area and out, the Eb out toward the Ebenezer area, yeah. they were all a part of the greater Garner community. The elementary schools or the little country schools were scattered around, but they ended up all coming into Garner eventually to school. So we kind of encompassed the whole greater community as well in, in our artifacts and, and exploring the history of the area. And that's why we chose Garner Area His Historical right. Society. Um, one of the things that I can't believe I didn't mention here is the caboose. Oh, we right. have big plans for yeah. the caboose. That's right. The caboose. Yeah. How could, how could you forget about the caboose? So that, that also has been moved onto the grounds. Yes. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. What are your plans for it? Well, usually if we're talking about the caboose, we always are talking about where we're located. Mm -hmm. Look for the red the, caboose. Yep. It's become quite a landmark. Yeah. And the town did do some things to stabilize the outside of it. Uh -huh. And we've had some railroad history experts and um, some folks who have restored vintage rail cars take a look at it and look at what would be needed to restore it to its operating condition, which is, it was a 1951 caboose. And we would love to explore a fundraiser and getting grants that would allow us to refurbish that and restore it to its working condition. I think oh, people wow. would be really interested to see that. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves a fire truck, but they probably love a caboose even more. <laughs> so we're hoping um, that we will get it to the condition where people can actually walk around in there. Oh, that's that's cool. pretty cool. That is cool, yeah. So, um, but coming back to the museum itself, so um, do you want to give us a little bit of a <clears throat> tour or description of your holdings um, you've got, well, there's the room we can see here, but you've got a couple other rooms toward the front. Tell us, kind of tell us about your holdings. We think that the museum reflects all facets of life in the late 1800s up through the present day, really up through the 1980s, mm -hmm. actually. Um, so we have artifacts from spanning more than a hundred years, really. I think the farming history exhibit resonates with a lot of people. People come in all the time and talk about growing up and 
picking cotton or working in tobacco and working on their family farms. And the farming exhibit seems to resonate with a lot of folks, mm-hmm, older does. folks particularly. Our post office exhibit, when the post office was the place you went to get your mail and see your neighbors, you know, the little um, mail sorter that we have there. And we have a list of all the postmasters all the way back to the 1878. Um the home, the uh, excuse me, the doctors exhibit. We had a few doctors who cared for generations of Garner residents. You know, from delivering the babies to taking care of the children and the adults. So we've kind of celebrated our doctors um, who cared for people in the area. Our home exhibit reflects what home life was like before electricity, before running water, <laughs> when it, running a home was a lot of work. So we're, we're excited about that. Then our country stores exhibit, our railroad artifacts, and our mayor's exhibit. All the way back, we've just obtained a picture of Garner's first mayor. So looking at the people who led the town, and all that's just in one room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have packed it in. We have. <laughs> <laughs> then we have our communications history in the next gallery down. We have the original Garner Telegraph key because the telegraph office was right in the bay window originally. And an exhibit of telephones throughout the ages. And kids are really interested in that because kids today have only known a phone uh-huh. that fits in your pocket. <laughs> So our a payphone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. We have artifacts that celebrate schools throughout the ages and a timeline showing all the small country schools that were scattered around Garner that finally became what was known as Garner High School. So celebrating our sports teams. Garner has always been a community that loved its sports. So celebrating our sports teams has been important. Of course, the genealogy library is on the lower level. Then we have an area that we have clothing that was donated to us that's over 100 years old. And we call it the way we wore (laughs) because it reflects what life was like, how people dressed, and they were homemade clothes, probably made on a sewing machine like the one back here. So we're just so fortunate that people have donated all these items that are really a part of Garner's history that we can that we can show folks. So there's a little bit of everything for everybody. And we love that a lot of the things we have in here, you know, as Karen was saying, are original to Garner. The post office desk, the cabinet, the doctor's cabinets, and all the way down to the clothing belong to one of our board members' grandmothers and grandfather. And you were saying before we started rolling the cameras that uh, folks come in pretty routinely and are bringing you stuff and uh yeah yeah. we're very you know we're excited that folks have done that we have um some world war ii memorabilia a mannequin with a uniform and part of the soldier's mess kit and his story was that he was the youngest of four sons who served overseas in world war ii and miraculously all four of them returned but he married a girl from garner and his daughter gave us the World War II memorabilia from, from her dad. So we love the stories that go along with, with all the items, too. That's, that's important, is to not just show the items, but to tell the stories that go along with them. So that's been really, really fun. 
one thing that we're working on for the future is exploring the Native American heritage of the area. And um, we have talked with lots of people who always said that in their farms scattered around the area, they would till their fields and come up with arrowheads and other artifacts. Well, we started exploring and started talking with some people from cultural resources and the state archaeologists and the gentleman who is head of Native American Affairs um, for the state of North Carolina. And we are planning an exhibit probably for the fall on the Native American heritage of the area and showing artifacts from that heritage and exploring the history before European settlers ever came to this area. So there's always something new and interesting, new and old and interesting to explore. Yeah, and what we love is when we go in to research these newer exhibits, you know, to the, it's what we learn along the way and it makes this so much fun. So, I mean, maybe that then leads into my, my next question. The question we'll uh, um, kind of wrap up with, uh, you know, why are you so passionate about recording, memorializing, remembering our community's history? What, you know, why does it matter? <laughs> why does it matter? Well, yeah. <laughs> Trying to set you up for, you know. Right. Good, so I personally response. have known about this dream to bring a museum to Garner Citizens since, um, the relocation to its original site. Um, I came to work, well, came to work with the town in 85, and a couple of years later is when all this started happening. And um, so the depot just looked at home where it sat, when it, back at its original location, and it was a jewel that brought a visual to Garner's heritage. And there was another movement in the early 2000s to try to get a museum going that never really materialized. So what resulted is in over the years, you just ride by where it was and just watched it deteriorate. Mm -hmm. and, and that was kind of sad, knowing you know what its potential is. So it became clear at some point that it couldn't oper operate as a business where it was located for reasons I think I mentioned you know, earlier um, in this podcast. <laughs> so, um, in 2018, we'll never forget this year, Kay, uh, Karen, Kay Whaley and I, and um, Amy Griggs, a lot of people know Amy, used to be Garner News reporter. So we all got together and decided we were just going to do something. So we established a nonprofit organization and approached the town about the relocation. And then we partnered with the town in and into a contract that the society would fund and operate the museum. Um, this site adjoins, as I've mentioned, the early fire station, which had parking and restrooms, which made, made this all possible. So now, the preserving the depot was the beginning of preserving Garner's history, um, that this is a dream people had had for so many years. So we've provided a place for him to tell stories, bring historical treasures. Um, Karen has mentioned some of the things that, you know, people come and talk with us about and have brought us, or photos. Um, and it's sad that in in the past there was no place to bring these things, and I think there's been a lot of you know history and a lot of photographs lost because there was no place to take it and preserve it. Um, 
my passion grows as we continue to talk with people about the past experiences. And, you know, as I mentioned about a couple of other things, the American Indian and maybe some other things that we're learning as we go along. So we're learning and we're going to try to share with others what we know. And as I mentioned before we got started, digitizing some of the records that we have are really, really important. We want to start projects of scanning photos and things of that nature to preserve them, but digitizing some old audio tapes and a videotape of folks that were interviewed years ago and almost all of them have passed away. So having those voices and having those stories and preserving those has been very, very important to us and is one of the uh, something that we focused on even before we could get into the building. The town was still working on stabilizing the outside of the building and making some repairs to it. So we started working on things like that while we were waiting to get into the museum. So um, that that's that preservation is very important, I think, to all of us and yeah. everybody on the board. And then we want to introduce new things. Um, that's another thing that we love about this is there's so much out there. I mean, you see what we have in here, but there's just so much more out there that we want to feature um, on rotating exhibits, maybe some temporary exhibits and some special events to bring people in. We've packed a lot into a thousand square feet. We have. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> about the yeah, small room. Yeah, if you, if you are able to have your rotating exhibits one day, like I'm just looking around thinking, where, where, where? Will, you, where will you store stuff? Where will you put it? Um, Thank yeah. goodness for the Pearl Street, <clears throat> yeah, Pearl Street. Yeah, the town allows us to store things over there. And we actually have some artifacts over there back to, um, related to the original library. Yeah. And I mean, not a lot of people see them, but we have some things over there. Do we want to close by um, <clears throat> letting folks know when, when the museum's open, when they can visit, what, what they might want to do if they want to set up a group tour, and any of that sort of that, that Call us stuff? right now. We have volunteers that staff the museum, but we are glad to arrange for tours on other days. You know, we can get volunteers to be here. So if they just contact us here, um, we have a web page, we have a Facebook page, but if they contact us, we're glad to work with them on creating other tours. We also hope to be open during some downtown events right? as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at, at times when like events night, are going on in downtown, mm -hmm. other, yeah, right? Parades, so we hope, hope to be able to be open um, if people want to just, you know, go down the block a little way and visit. So we're working with the town uh, on things like that and DGA and things like that. So... You know, we're just glad to be a part of the whole community in downtown, and we're delighted to work with folks, you know, and setting up setting up tours. Um, and the address, folks need to put it into their uh, phone app or whatever, is 106, 106 Pearl, Street. Pearl Street, Garner History Museum at the Depot. Like, hopefully it will pop up as that, yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Well, this is pretty fitting that we can close with uh, another train rolling <laughs> through. Train so, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for being here for this episode of Garner Station. And I, I guess we learned today the historical origins of that name, right? Um, so uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for what you're doing with the Historical Society and the operation of the museum. And we look forward to a lot more great things happening um, with both of those. 
And uh, everyone, you can uh, watch this uh, episode. Uh, of course, if you're watching it, it's uh, you're either watching it on our Peg channel or on YouTube at our YouTube channel. So uh, you can catch other episodes at those places as well. And um, all of our podcasts, the audio podcast, you can you can find those, listen to those, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Rick Mercer, and uh, this is Garner Station, uh, brought to you by the town of Garner. Thanks. We'll uh, see you next time. Thank you.